I am recording this on November 8th, 2020. We just had, here in the U.S., you might be listening to this outside of the U.S., but here in the U.S., we just had our election. Wow. I am so exhausted from that. (laughs) It's incredible. It's incredible what was going on there. So I'm excited to be with you and highlight some things that I noticed regarding what happened with myself and just as a writer. So let's go ahead and get started. This is Kaleidoscope Radio coming to you. Kaleidoscope Radio is a culmination of bringing artists and storytellers alike coming together from across the world, bringing you stories that are extraordinary. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and like I said before, I'm just really glad to be with you. Here, I'm going to be expressing some thoughts that I had just that have been coming up. I I, normally I'll have something prepared, but during the week, I'm not going to lie, I was focused way more than I should have been on uh, our election. Or maybe maybe it was just the right amount because as I'm getting older, I'm doing more research, having more of a conscious effort and opinion in, in what, I'm, what I'm looking at. And uh, yeah, it, it was a, a prime time for me to step up and be a leader in my community and really be engaged in discussions regarding our future in the United States. And so I was working on that, being a part of those discussions, and I I loved that. And it's crazy. It's wild, wild experience. How do you feel? Just, Just checking in with yourself. What is going on for you? I know for me, there was moments of anxiety, tension rise, stakes were high. And, uh, and then a huge breath of fresh air and relief and, uh, and then post-traumatic <laughs> feelings of stress or anxiety, sleepless nights. So that was a roller coaster of a week. And I want to highlight something here that's, that I, I think the hugest, the biggest takeaway that I would express is following the narrative narrative story how how important story is and how in this climate there were a lot of different narratives at play here and we were the audience this time taking a look at what the republican side had to say about what's going on with the voting about what the the democratic position is on voting and how every vote counts and that conflict there just divided a nation. And and it seems as if that was growing for the past four years of just a divided nation. I've, I feel like we're going to get a lot of, I would say, more introspection from writers and storytellers that can highlight these this moment. And I'm really curious about that. And I also want to say that what your your input, your take on it, your experience is just as valid. And you can create so many drafts regarding this this whole week. There's a lot there's a lot of information here. 
I think the huge thing for me is talking about turning points. I heard so many people in, in, online and um, in the news would say, this is a huge turning point for us. This is a, this is a mile marker. This is a turning point. And it made me think. Uh, so I've learned uh, how to create stories off of this model. And in the model, there's, there are things called the turning point. And turning points for me is when your protagonist is faced with a decision to make. And or they, they have found out new evidence or new information that has now ha, that they now have to create a new decision off of. So for example, I have a play that I'm writing, and a character is the character Henry is under the impression that if he brings his brother home, that his family will accept him with open arms. He does that and he finds out that there is a conflict between there's a there's a, a level of secrecy that he was not told and they actually have a huge turmoil underneath underneath it all and it unbeknownst to Henry. So as soon as he brings his brother home, this conflict emerges. And so the turning point now is Henry has uncovered information. His family does not like his brother. And now he has to have a new perspective. And a new perspective is, what does he do? Uh, He decides to get him out of the house. That's a new perspective with new motivations and new goals. Uh, He decides to go and talk to the mother privately and tries to influence her to accept him. That's a, that's also a new, a new, um, a new goal, new motivation there. Not necessarily a new perspective because he was hoping that they would all come together already, but still nonetheless a turning point. And so for me, I was thinking like, okay, this is a turning point. But what would be my new perspective? What would be my new goal? And as I'm explaining this to you, I'm curious to know if this is a turning point in your life, what would be your new perspective and your new goals? So for me, as I think of narrative, I had a wonderful time with a friend of mine this weekend, and we were talking about story and how I come up with particular ideas. And in the past, I never really brought up a uh, political subject matter in my, in my stories. I don't know why. Maybe it was because I felt like I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't smart enough to talk about that kind of thing. And the thing that I could talk about is <laughs> breakups. <laughs> that sounds funny to say. Um, more about like uncovering human emotion and um and how to handle disappointment um that that was my goal at least back in the early 2000s when i was writing things or i'd write some like goofy stuff right kind of had this this idea that the plays that i write need to be fun and kind of take you out of the elements of what you're dealing with 
to free people of uh, concern, which still is. I'm not saying that I don't do that anymore. And I think that that was something that also was a, 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 a lack of maturity level, like just didn't feel confident in expressing myself on things that I knew nothing about. And I wasn't willing to put in the effort like I did earlier this week of researching and reading more articles. And so I would say my turning point isn't just celebrating uh, democracy, but also really taking a look at how did it come to this level and how much attention do, do I need to be paying here when it comes to my elected officials and in my town, in my city, where do I want to move? How do I want to show up as a leader in that play, in that community? So just it opened up a lot more questions. And I think for me, the turning point is this event happened in my life and it's now opened up my mind to be like, oh, I need to be a responsible citizen here. And, and it goes hand in hand with you know, the bad citizen plays that I've been talking about over the past couple months. And I, I wrote a, a play for Bad Citizen Part 2. And I think this is when it was all coming together for me. But in this moment, this weekend, just my, my level of investment, I've never had such, such high, I had never held in such high regards. And so for you, I'm asking what are you going to write about? What, are, what would you like to say? And if you ever have doubts or feelings like you're incapable because of maybe the subject matter is too deep or the playwright that you're imitating has done it better than you, then I really question that and, and challenge yourself to really dig in deeper is there a way that you can express this story differently than what you've seen before? Are, are there self-inducing judgments that you have regarding what you write? Do you believe that your identity is wrapped around a particular genre or theme or how you're supposed to present? And if that's the case, I wonder if you can change that. I remember in high school... I think I was like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like uh, a, just a comedian. I don't want to just be funny. I want to have like dramatic roles and I want to be this serious actor. I remember he said that a lot. I think that I carried that mindset from high school into college. And I was like, I just want to, I want to, I want to create like serious work. And, uh, and then I did, and then I was like really sad and depressed. And then I met uh, a mentor, and he was like having a lot of fun with his work, and it was a combination of serious and funny. And and I was like, oh, I think the thing here that I want to be is versatile. I want to I want to create a body of work that's that's just has a bunch of things. And I'm sure my signature is on there, like some way that I write or how I showcase or present the the play. I'm sure that that's, that's pretty much me. But the topic and the subject matter is now different. I could write about anything. The world is your oyster kind of thing. So what do you have to say? What would you like to write about? What's the biggest takeaway that you had 
regarding this week? How has that shifted your perspective? What's your new turning point? Another thing for me is that I had to change my my habits. I had so much disciplinary habits that I could not shake. And then this week just kind of dismantled all of them. So I'm really excited to come back next time and showcase new habits and practice new ways of writing, being more creative. And I have some great ideas for the podcast starting 2021. Because let's face it, 2020 was just a shit show, man. Ah. <laughs> uh. There were some good things at it. I mean, some some things merged beautifully, like this podcast that you're listening to right now. But looking back at your 2020, again, again, it's eye of the beholder. But there were moments where I just feel like, wow, this is this was a heavy year. And I want to do I want to do more for you. I want to be able to help you get even further, whether it comes to your career as a writer, even if this is a hobby or you want to showcase this at your local community art shows and festivals and stuff. Maybe you want to present, you want to speak on on that. I want to help you. So in 2021, I'll be opening up uh, more, more time frames and more window to work with young artists and young writers out there. So if you're interested in doing something, collaborating with me, and wanting to have some more guidance, I would love to have you on board. I can work with you. And more details of that will be on my website at kaleidoscoperadioshow.com. And you'll also be able to hear some testimonials from people who I've worked with in the past and how satisfied they are with their pieces. You'll hear about their takeaways, how they've grown, and it'll be uh, just beneficial. But for now, we'll go ahead and Wrap this episode up with a nice little passage from Man and Superman by Bernard Shaw. This is from Act 3. This is my favorite, absolute favorite scene regarding the chief Mendoza. and He is with uh, some fellow brigands. They're in the desert and they like to steal motor cars. The chief. Friends and fellow brigands, I have a proposal to make to this meeting. We have now spent three evenings in discussing the question, have anarchists or social democrats the most personal courage? We have gone into the principles of anarchism and social democracy at great length. The cause of anarchy has been ably represented by our own anarchist, who doesn't know what anarchism means. No, 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 by thunder, your last point of order took half an hour. Besides, anarchists don't believe in order. On the other hand, we have three social democrats among us. They are not on speaking terms, and they have put before us three distinct and incompatible views of social democracy. Order, 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 order. Now, we tolerate all opinions here. But after all, comrades, the vast majority of us are neither anarchists nor socialists, but gentlemen and Christians. My friend, I am an exception to all rules. It is true that I have the honor to be a Jew, and when the Zionists need a leader to reassemble our race on its historic soil of Palestine, Mendoza will not be the last to volunteer. But I am not a slave to any superstition. I have swallowed all the formulas, even that of socialism, though, in a sense, once a socialist, always a socialist. But 
I am well aware that the ordinary man, even the ordinary brigand, who can scarcely be called an ordinary man, is not a philosopher. Common sense is good enough for him, and in our business affairs, common sense is good enough for me. Well, what is our business here in the Sierra Nevada, chosen by the Moors as the fairest spot in Spain? Is it to discuss abstruse questions of political economy? No, it is to hold up motor cars and secure a more equitable distribution of wealth. Undoubtedly, all made by labor and on its way to be squandered by wealthy vagabonds in the dens of vice that disfigure the sunny shores of the Mediterranean. We intercept that wealth. We restore it to circulation among the class that produced it and that chiefly needs it. The working class. We do this at the risk of our lives and liberties by the exercise of the virtues of courage, endurance, foresight, and abstinence. Especially abstinence. I myself have eaten nothing but prickly pears and broiled rabbit for three days. And that is an excerpt from Man and Superman by Bernard Shaw. Thank you so much for being with me. I, I, I could go on forever talking about that scene. And uh, my favorite part is just coming up. At right right after that but I'll hold off for later and I'll talk more about Man and Superman at a different time for now thank you for being with me this is Kaleidoscope Radio I'm your host Jonathan Hernandez asking you what's your story